This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. You ready? Okay, Parshas Bereshis, 57.83. This is the beginning of a new cycle for the... Um, for the podcast, so it's like podcast season two, so that's a pretty good thing, right? Pretty solid. Okay, Perik Dalit Pasik Tezvav, Rav Vayikach Lo Lemech Shtein Noshim. Lemech took for himself two wives, Shema Echas, Ada, Ada, I'm sorry, Shema Shenis, Tzila. His two wives, their names were Ada and Tzila. Vatelet Ada is Yavol. Ada gave birth to a boy by the name of Yavol. Huaya Avi Yoshev Oh Mikna, he was the father, the beginning of all those who dwelled in tents and had cattle. Hashem Alchem Yuval, his brother's name was Yuval. Huya Avi Kotofis Kinor Vugav, he was the father, the first one to have musical instruments. He had all these different types of string instruments, harmonic instruments, whatever they are. Sila Gamhi Yoldas Tuvalkain. Sila, she also gave birth to Tuvalkain. Lotesh Kocharash Nechoshes Barzel. He was one who sharpened all blades, as well as copper and iron. The Achos Tuvalkain Nama. The sister of Tuvalkain is Nama. Now that's a really nice family. Yovel, Yuval, Tuvalkain. Very similar names, obviously. And then comes Nama, right? Nama along with them. And those four kids were from Lemech, from the children of Cain, who had two wives altogether. Now, there's a wonder, why do we talk about this and we don't talk about anybody else? There's no one else who's brought up. We bring son after son after son after son a little bit later, but we don't bring up any families like this. We have no idea who these people are. Aside, in 1,600 years, we have no idea. Aside from this one family of Lemech, why were they so important more than everybody else? So there's a couple reasons. Rashi says the only reason why is because he was the one who eventually killed Cain. That Tuval Cain showed Lemech where to shoot his arrows. He shot and he hit Cain. And therefore, because of that, it was a kiyum of Hashem's words, Kishivasam Yukam Cain, because he was the killer of Cain. We go into that. Now that's great. And that's a tremendous answer. Just the question you can ask on Rashi is, then why are Yavol and Yuval mentioned? Just mention Lemech and Tuval Cain, and you'll know that that's the one who killed Cain. There's no reason to bring up anybody else. Why do we have to mention that? Especially Nama. Why do we bring that up? Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky brings down a second answer. He says we speak about them because even though they're gone, they left things in our world that lasted until today. Right? The fact that there's Yoshev Ohelu Mikne, the fact that there are weapons in the world or things, plow blades that are made out of metal, the fact that we have music is all from them. They're the inventions of the children of Lemech, which makes sense. That's the reason why I bring them down there. Sometimes the Kodesh Baruch allows the Russia to live because of something good that's going to come from them. And obviously something good came from all three of them. In a way, and therefore that's that. Nonetheless, Victor Miller says, even though they helped the world physically, they themselves did not survive. Their children eventually were killed in the Mabel. None of them survived the Mabel itself. And only Noah, who excelled in spiritual pursuits, he was able to survive, while these people, who perse- who allowed everything physical to be there, who they gave physical gifts to mankind, they were completely gone. Now that second answer is a great answer by Ryako Kenneth and Victor Miller. The only problem is, if Nama is the wife of Noah, then they did survive. So why are we mentioning Nama in a way that's sort of like, see, these people didn't survive, but they did. 
That's answer number two. Answer number three. The Chizkuni says these descendants of Cain were cursed just as their ancestor Cain was, and they couldn't work the ground at all. Therefore, they found other things to do. If they couldn't work the ground, they became artists. Artists as in making making things with their hands. Artists as in making music. Or artists as in people who made tents and did stuff like that. So that's why, because they were cursed. The people of Shace and the other children of Adam Rishon, they were able to do, they were able to work the land. But Cain's kids were never able to, so they did other things. That's interesting. That's a third answer. The Igritakala says Lemech was the first person to marry someone who wasn't his twin. Everybody was marrying their twin up until then, although that sounds disgusting to us. Remember, who else were they going to marry? Who's Cain going to marry if not for his twin sister? Who's Hevel going to marry if not for his twin sister? And so to Ashase, there was no one else left in the world. There's no one else in the world. So who else could it be? He was the first one to not marry his sister. And that's that. So too, right? They go to Kalos says a little bit more. His son Tuval Cain also didn't marry his twin sister. And that's why Nama was available to marry Noah. Had Lemech married his twin sister, that would have continued in the next generation, and then Nama would have been taken by Tuval Cain. Since that didn't happen, Nama therefore was able to marry Noah, and that's the reason why we go into this, to tell us who Noah's wife was. That's nice, right? That goes into everything, and that's that. There is a medrash that supports this, that says that his wives were giving him so much sour, because he was the first person to marry outside of the family. There was never anybody who had somebody else come in from another family and came in. This is the first time that that happened. And finally, the Malbum. Malbum says an unbelievable answer. He says that there are silly claims from the other nations of the world that spread by their priests and the people that are in charge that say that the people who created things were all gods. They all had power. They were people, they were people that obviously were something greater than anybody else because how could you create something and be an inventor if you're not a lowercase g god? Those, that's the Greek pantheon as well as the Roman pantheon of gods where they all believed that those people had something that was a little bit extra. There was a god of war. And that's what Tuval Cain is, right? He made the weapons of war. That's like Mars. There was a goddess of love, Aphrodite, right? And that's Nama, the idea behind that. There's a god that's supposed to be, I don't know, singing a musical instrument. I don't remember if that's Bacchus. Somebody would have to know their Roman mythology and whatever it is. But there's a god that made music. And there's a god that made, I don't know, Yoshev Olomikna, like something like that. But because of those things where they claim that it was gods that did it, the Torah came first before them and said, no, these are human beings. They were born from a regular woman and a regular man. They're normal human beings. There is no Mars. There is no Aphrodite. There is no Hermes. Nothing like that. All these people are regular human beings and don't think otherwise. The Torah gives us their names, tells us who their parents were, and what they did in order to tell us that human beings can invent and create. You don't need a lowercase g god to do that. That's the idea behind it. It's a beautiful idea. It's a really beautiful idea. Victor Miller points out that Lemech apparently was a very important person. It's no coincidence that it's the only name that's repeated twice among the Cain's kids and Chase's kids, that Lemech is the father of Noah and Lemech is the father of Nama, which we'll get to a little bit later. It sounds like the letters transposed one into the other can make the word Melech. So it certainly sounds like that they were people that were important. They were like kings. And they he was important enough to demand two wives. And outside of his family, no less, right? He didn't just marry his twin. He married people that apparently were outside of the family. So he was important enough to do it. And that's who Lemech was. It sounds like that's the idea and the, the concept that the that the 
Chumash wants to bring out. That's what Victor Miller says. Now, going on a little bit, it says the Abarbanel says that he was the first one to have two wives because he was very into a riot. He was very into illicit relations with other people. He was not satisfied with one wife, and therefore he wanted to go more. Apparently, that didn't happen before, and which is very hard for me to understand. That the people that were living a thousand years only had one wife the entire time. That's hard for me to understand, but that's what the Abarbanel says. That he was the first one to have multiple wives, and that's that. So, obviously, he lost out because of what we're going to see, but it seems a little strange. That's what the Abarbanel says. Rashi says that it was normal, and this I can hear, it was totally normal for people people before the Mabel to have multiple wives. One was used to have children, and one was like a Zona. One that they used for their own desires. One was like the trophy wife, and the other one was the child-bearing wife. And that's that. The child-bearing wife, they kept in the corner. She was like in the house, taking care of stuff and whatever. She was basically a slave. While the one that was the trophy wife was brought out with them, wherever he went, she went. It was sort of like, I don't know, they had a dog. So they also had a trophy wife. They kept, they kept with them at all times, and that's that. They wouldn't let them become pregnant. They gave her a sum to make sure she wouldn't be able to have children. And that's that. She wore makeup. She was like a young bride. They fed her extra food, better, better food, etc. And that's that. Says Rashi, Ada was the one that was used for children. The word Ada seems to mean to turn away, to go away from someone. And that's the idea behind it. So too, the word Harayon, pregnancy in Aramaic is Vadias. So that's Ada. And the other one, Sila, was the one used for beauty, constantly in his sail, in his shadow. She was always with him. And that's the idea behind it. Now, the opposite in Yushalmi. Yushalmi Yavama says the exact opposite way. Perk Vav Ada was the zona from the phrase, phrase misadain begufa. Tzila was the childbearing one, right? Because she was in the shadow of her children. Okay, that's a little bit weird, but our Rashi definitely says against that Yerushalmi. There's no question from the measure itself. The Moscow devil goes in another direction. We're going to see this quite a bit. There's a little bit of a question about, was Lemech a good guy or was he a bad guy? Again, we already mentioned the Abarbanel. He's the first person because he was into Arias. He loved having two wives, and that's that. Rashi seems to say that he had one wife that was a bad, you know, just as a trophy wife. He didn't treat people with respect. He seems to be a bad guy. On the other hand, the Maskele David says that, that Lemech was the best of the children of Cain. That of all the children of Cain, he was the very best one. And still, he did this and he married two wives. Still, he ended up doing such a thing. That tells us that everyone else from Cain were doing things that were even worse. And that sounds even stranger, right? An unbelievably strange thing. The Oznayim Latorah says that until Lamech, there were two reasons for a person to get married. One of them is to be an Azer Kinegdo, as other Mauritian was told by a Kaddish Baruch Hu, to be able to have somebody that was opposite you that could say something opposite to fight against you if you really needed to. And the second was to have children. As the Rabbin says earlier, that was the second reason to have a wife. There were two things. Number one, she has a das, she has an opinion. And you have to listen to her because she might have another opinion that might be better than yours. And the second one is because you couldn't have children on your own, you have her. Comes along Cain, uh, I'm sorry, comes along Lemech, says Yaznai in the Torah, and made a third reason to fulfill your base desires. To have a taiva and to have a woman that's there just for that reason. For that purpose, he made a Zona wife. A wife that would only be there, right, that would be beautiful and that's that. He says, says the Ozan Torah, that's the definition of what we would call a novel Barashusa Torah. A novel is an abomination. A person who's a disgusting person. Barashusa Torah. But what do you mean? The Torah doesn't say it's us, sir. Right? I can drink all I want and get drunk and there's no problem. Because it doesn't say you can't get drunk. 
I could even do drugs. And I have no problem with doing it. Because the Torah doesn't say it's us, sir. That's a noble Bereshissa Torah. A guy who just says, like, I'm going to eat all the meat I want. I'm going to drink all the stuff I want to drink. I'm going to do that. That's not the way a person's supposed to be. And that's how the Ozan Torah says. That's what Lemech was. He was a person who said, I want to do something more. No one's going to stop me. I can do whatever I want. And he did it. That's the idea behind it. And therefore, he ended up having three children that were bad, says Elzheim the Torah. Yavol ended up going through and doing a Vodazara, as we'll see later on. Yuval was into Gilea, right? He used his music to entice women to do terrible things with him. That was a Gilearais. And we know Tuval Cain was the Shvichosdom, the murderer, the one who caused Cain to die. So all of that is all true. Egurikala says there was one good thing about him, though, that even though Lemech did bad things, he still didn't marry an Erva. So that is a positive. When everybody else was marrying Arias and marrying into people that they shouldn't have married, nonetheless, he did something good. And... He married the woman for Puravu first. He did marry Ada before Tzila. Granted, Tzila was for bad reasons. Tzila was for Taiva. But he married Ada first. He wanted to have children first. At least he did that. Says the Agritikawa, yeah, there are bad things about him. But at least he had something. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch rewarded him with children that literally changed the world. Changed the world. And maybe even Nama that ended up marrying Noach. So he had children that ended up surviving. So yes, Lemach did things that were wrong. But in the end, Lemach has survivors. Lemach has people that have survived at the end. At least there's something afterward. That's the idea behind it. Now the Nativ goes in a totally different direction. He says it was a great thing for him to marry two women. Meaning, Ada was a woman who turned Lemach away from doing foolish things. She was the Azer Kenegdo wife. Ada, he, she turned him away and stopped him from doing something that was bad, etc. That's what Ada was. Tzila was someone that made him unbelievably happy. Tzila was somebody that sat in his shadow and gave him happiness. Not in a bad way. Yes, we said in a bad way, I guess, the way we said it before. But Ada and Tzila could be a really positive thing. And that's the Azer and Kinegdo. One was an Azer to him, helping him. That's the, 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 I guess you'd say Tzila. And one was Kinegdo. That was Ada. So another way of looking at it, the Nitzim takes it in the, on, on its other, it, Lemech seems to be a good guy. So why do we mention it over here? It seems because Lemech was the first person to figure out what it means to have a wife that's really Azer Kenegdo. And he didn't have just one wife. He had two wives, each one doing something for him. So in a way, Lemech was the best person at that time. And that goes to the Medrash, that Lemech was the best of the children of Cain. And that's why Nama deserved to survive in the very, very end of the day. But let's go into a different... Let, hold on a second. We just said that Ada was there for children. Tzila was there for beauty and not for children. But Tzila also had two kids. Ada had two kids, Yavol and Yuval. And Sila had two kids, Tuval, Cain, and Nama. So what happened? What in the world happened? I thought he purposely married her in order to give him pleasure and for no reason, for not to have children whatsoever. What in the world was that? So the Sivzachamim points out, either it was before she drank the medicinal drink, she drank it after she had two children. So first, that's what it, that's what happened. Or the Mizrahi says it was a Kiddush. Even though she drank it, it didn't affect her. She still gave birth. Maybe it was a miracle. Maybe it was an absolute miracle. The Moshe of Zakania says, maybe he didn't give it to her the right way. 
I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of a medicine this is. But like, we know that birth control is not a hundred percent effective. The pill that we take is around ninety-seven percent effective. It is effective for the most part, but there is a three percent chance you're going to become pregnant anyway. And if a person doesn't take the pill at exactly the right time every single day, it is a possibility the woman's going to become pregnant anyway. Anything. There is no birth control that's a hundred percent effective, right? It's unless the Democrats get in control, then I have absolutely no idea. But like. Like, there's no absolute birth control that's going to be effective. Was that too political? I'm sorry. Was that too much? It's okay. Not <laughs> so either way, regardless, that's that, right? I, I don't know who listens. I have absolutely no idea. So maybe, I don't know. Or, or that's number one. Or she didn't give it the right way. Or she raised her sister's children as her own. Tzila never gave birth to children. But she raised whoever her sister was. We have absolutely no idea. Those kids, and therefore they're considered like her kids, even though she never gave birth to them. So Tuval, Kain, and were not actually her children. Now, the Balaitosis bring down that Silo was at Sadekas, and she wouldn't drink it. She wouldn't drink it. So she faked it, faking having this drink in order to have children. So he gave her the drink, but she never actually took it. Or they didn't always have them there, and maybe it was only for a period of time, a certain amount of time, and that's that. Okay, regardless, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar said it didn't work because Hashem didn't want it to work. HaKadosh Baruch was in charge. So as much as the way the Mizrahi says, even though she didn't drink it, it didn't affect her, she still gave birth, says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, I guess a little level up, HaKadosh Baruch wanted these children to be born, wanted Tuval Kain to be the inventor of metal weapons. She want, He wanted Nama to exist. So even though to drink something that should have made her lose everything, maybe there's something that happened that allowed her to be able to have a child miraculously, and therefore it was a nace. We're going to go into this for a second, meaning the concept of what it means for this to be a miracle, but let's come back to it. Kliakar learns an unbelievable lesson from these pesukim. If we take Rashi's lesson to be the true one, and that means that what we learn basically is, is that when one marries a woman for the right reasons to have children, then the children will be good people following a Kaddish Baruch Hu's ways. But if one marries a woman for the wrong reason, then the children will be bad. Yovel and Yuval, he says, were good. The music player and the one who took care of the sheep were good, says the Kliakar. Tuval Kain and Nama were bad. We'll talk about Nama later on, how Nama became bad, even though she may have been the wife of Noah. But apparently, Tuval Kain and Nama were bad, and they were an evil. So Ada's kids were good, Tzila's kids were bad, and that's where we get this idea over here. As we see, we'll see that the Pusik seems to tell us that, I, I guess, that these Pesukim are here to tell us that one should try to find a Ziva Kagun and not just marry for the wrong reasons. That's the idea behind it. The Barbanel says something so interesting over here. He says, each one had a hero. They looked up to somebody. Ada looked up to Hevel, and therefore named her children after Hevel. Yovel and Yuval are very close to the name Hevel. She liked Hevel, and therefore they followed in Hevel's footsteps. What did Hevel do for a living? Does anybody remember what he did? He took care of sheep. So Yovel was a guy who took care of sheep and made tents. Yuval played music, which is what shepherds do. That makes sense, right? Tuval Kain on the other hand, Sila, she loved Kain more. She looked forward to seeing a person like Kain, and therefore Tuval Kain himself, right, was named after Kain after something that was evil. That's the idea behind it. He followed in his footsteps. Now I realize 
Tuval Kayan. Tuval is also Hevel. I know that. I don't know why the Abarbalan ignores that. I have absolutely no idea. But either way, regardless, we get this idea that they were the ones that Tuval Kayan was after Kayan and Hevel, Yovel and Yuval were both after Hevel itself. But the Berber Sutter takes it a step further. He says that this is all Mida Keneged Mida. Mida Keneged Mida is the way that you do something in the world, Hashem's going to get right back at you. Cain killed Hevel because he wanted to be together with Hevel's triplet sister. Remember, Cain was born with one twin sister. Hevel was born with triplet sisters, him and two girls. Hevel said, I get to marry both girls that were both born with me. That's the way it was in the beginning. Cain said, no, I should get the extra because I'm a Bakur. So I should get double, so I should get that. They fought, and in the end, right, he married the second triplet sister. I, it's weird to say, right, because like twin sister, but it's sort of triplet. Yeah, Matthew, what? Did you say before, Lamech was the first one to have two wives? Yeah, I, I don't know if it worked. The girl may not have actually ended up being together with Kayan. But again, I, I don't know because there's such a machlokas. Yeah, Barbanel says he was the first one to have two wives. But Rashi said everybody did this. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a machlokas here. So I, I don't know. It wouldn't go with this. But the Barabbasada says, therefore, because he ended up marrying two wives, Kayan, two wives, his own twin sister, and the triplet sister of Hevel. Therefore, later on, Lemech, who had two wives, took revenge against Kayan, and he was the one who ended up killing Kayan. So it's supposed to be Mita Kinegan Mita in that way that he sort of got his revenge on it. Apparently, Hevel may have somehow been involved over here. I don't know. Maybe Hevel was with Tuval Kayan at the time in some way, because again, Tuval Kayan, it's a weird name. I'm not sure exactly, but he goes through the way the Barabbas Sada said it in the end, it's all from the Tamim Dame who's Megalgil Gilgulim Umisabeb Sivos to make sure Sibos that certain things happen in that way. Okay, let's go into what they did. What did they do exactly? So Yavo was the first person to have, be a shepherd in desert areas. Obviously, this is a problem. Up until this point, everybody lived in caves. Yet we have the concept of cavemen. You couldn't have animals grazing if you lived in a cave, because caves are not mobile. So what are you going to do? As soon as your animals eat the graze around, you have to send them away. You have, you can't keep them, and you can't go after them because then you'll have no shelter. So that was the first problem that mankind came about. They couldn't have animals. So if they didn't have animals, so what did they eat? They ate like plants and whatever it was. And it wasn't a great life and it wasn't great. They couldn't use, they didn't have skins available. They didn't have wool available for them. It was a hard life living in a cave and just surviving in a cave. Yavel is the first person to think about this. And again, for us, it's obvious. Well, what do you mean? Just make a little tent out there in the middle of the fields. He grabbed skins, put a stick up in it, and put it out like almost like a teepee. And for the first time, man could have animals and be a regular shepherd, an actual shepherd. He could go out into the fields and he could move from place to place to place, following your flock wherever they would go. It was the first time that anyone had thought about such a thing. This was such a huge boon to civilization, the way that Victor Miller says it, because right now, they now were able to move. You could have things with you. You wanted milk, you had milk. You wanted wool, you had wool. If you wanted meat, you had meat. And I realized that they weren't supposed to have meat before Noah, right? But the concept, conceptually, they were able to have all these types of things, and they had domestic animals for the first time in their lives. Therefore, he was a benefit factor to mankind, the way Ravigda Miller says. A benefactor. In fact, we see that the Avos HaKadoshim were shepherds. Moshe Rabbeinu was a shepherd. Davin was a shepherd. Right? We can assume 
that Yovel is a tzaddik because of that. If he's described as a shepherd, and the only other people in Tanakh that are known as shepherds were tzaddikim, with one exception, and that's Novel. Novel, the husband of Abigail, who may not have been a shepherd, he owned cattle. It might not be that he was the shepherd. He had other people working his stuff. He, he was just wealthy and owned a lot of things. But with the exception of him, every single one is a tzaddik. You can assume that they're tzaddikim because being a shepherd means you have hisbodidus. You worked on your own. You sat in the field. You did everything like that. And that was the idea. Says the Balitosis, hence the name. Yovel is not hevel. Yovel is to move from place to place, to go from one place to the other. He was able to take his belongings, put it in a big backpack, and go from place to place, and go from one place to the other. That was all Yovel. What an unbelievable thing that he added to society. Yuval created musical instruments, which the Ibn Ezra says was a chokma gedola. Josephus, in his Sefer of Antiquities, says he actually learned this from his brother Tuval Kayan. Tuval Kayan worked with metals. When you work with metals, everybody knows, you hear that sound, right? The sound, and if you heard di- different types of metal, right, with different types of sticks, whatever it is, you can hear different sounds. From that, Yuval created songs. He heard it and realized you could do something with it, and he took from Tuval Kayan, his brother, and created something brilliant from music itself. He improved upon that and made something great. The Kliakar says it's also a positive thing, to make music for the Creator, and Tilim Kov Davinamel even used the words naval vechinor to describe how he sings to a Baruch Hu, and therefore the fact that he Yuval created naval vechinor shows us that that is a positive thing. It causes Ruach Hakodesh to come to the people, as we see in Malachim Beis, Paragimel Pasuk Tzvav by Shalom Melech. For people to get something, you might need music. Music is unbelievably important when used properly, when used in the proper fashion. That's the idea behind it. Victor Miller says this is a public benefactor. benefactor as well. He gladdened the spirits of many men when they were down and out and things were hard. Things were really hard for people at the time when you're still making the world happen and things were difficult in the world. He was able to uplift people's minds. It reminded people of lessons from the past. They remembered songs and stories from the past by memorizing certain songs that they had inside their head, which everybody knows now. And that's that. That was a tremendous thing and he helped the world tremendously by doing that. That's Yovel and that's Yuval. However, Rashi says that there's a Medrash that says Yuval was the first person to build a house for idol worship. He was the first person to create an Ohel, a Mishkan, for a god other than a Kaddish Baruch Hu himself. Even though the Pasuk seems to say it is a positive thing, there was something negative that came from Yuval itself. The reason why is because the word Mikneh is weird. It's weird. We don't say mikneh. You're not a shepherd of cattle. You're a shepherd of tzon, sheep and goats. Tzon is the colloquial word used for sheep and goats, for flocks. That's the word it should use over here. By Hevel, he was a roet tzon. He had tzon. He didn't have bucker. The fact that it says mikneh here, which is a word used for cattle, is a weird word. Says the Medrash. The Medrash catches that and says the word Mikneh is used in Yechesko Parachas to refer to idolatry. And therefore, since Mikneh is never used to refer to a shepherd, you don't use it that way. It's true. It's got to be the other way. Yuval, 
he used his music to play in front of the Ovde Avodazara. In front of those Avodazaras, those idols that they had, that Yavol built a house for, Yuval went ahead and made music for it. Miamloe says that Yavol created the first idol and he hid it. He wouldn't let anyone see it. He kept it in his Ohel. Yuval was the first one to publicly play music and tell people about these idols. So we see that there's another side to Yuval and Yuval, that although there were benefactors to mankind, the way that Victor Miller said it, and the way that Rashi said it in his first chapter, maybe even the Kliyakr, there's another answer where they were both involved in something that was very, very illicit, something terrible that was right over there. Now, Malbin says that Yuval was able to figure out something that nobody else had ever done. Um, Yovel figured out how to use animals for their milk and their wool and maybe even eat them. He began doing business with others and made a trade and barter system. Now, as great as that sounds today, like, wow, that's a society. How does society work if you don't have that? Up until that point, it was Shali Shalcha, the Shalcha Shalcha. Whatever's mine is yours, whatever's yours is yours. And people shared with each other, and people were willing to work together because we're all in it together. Sort of like family. It's not like I own this and you... No, we're all one big family. We pool our resources together, and we all have one big thing. You make this, you make that, and we'll all put it together. Yovel was was the first person, almost like communism, but a working communism, without the king. Yeah, 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 without the real people in charge. Well, even a kibbutz didn't really work. But yes, in that concept. Yuval, right, I'm sorry, um, Yovel was the first person to create the concept of shali shali, the shalcha shalcha. What's mine is mine and what's yours is yours. And if you want to trade, I'm willing to trade. He created mikneh. He created a place to keep his wealth. For the very first time, there was somebody who said, I'm not willing to share, I want to trade. And that was a negative thing. That was the negative thing that we talk about over here. That's the Malbum itself. Yuval used his music, as we said before, to seduce women and get them to do things that he wanted. He was the first person to convince women to go away from their husbands by playing music for them. That was the first time that such a thing had happened. What? First rock star. First rock star. We'll call it that way, right? 100%. And that's that. Now, that's a very interesting album. A very, very interesting album. Now, Rashi says, I'm skipping over that Balatos over there. The Rashi says that Tuval Kain continued the work of Kain. He spiced it up. He made it easier for people to murder. Before, Kain had to figure out what to do. He either took a rock and smashed Hevel's head in, or he choked him to death, or he punched him. Whatever it is that, tu- that Kain did, Tuval Kain made it easier. He's like, well, what do you have to do that for? Take this weapon and use that instead. He made knives. He made swords. He made plowshares that you could smack your friend with. That was what he did. He was able to sharpen them and make them stronger and obviously make them from, from one thing to the other. Medjugorje here says that at first Tuval Kain used his tools on the ground. But there was a gzera against Kain that, as we said before, they couldn't work the ground well. They weren't successful. So that's why he began manufacturing weapons, right? He said, like, I'm not making any money from the agriculture industry. All right, so I'll do it the other way around. I'll go into war. And he became the king of war, right? And everybody went to him for weapons because that was an easy way to make a ton of money. That's how the Medrash puts it. Now, the Ksad Kabbalah says it's possible that it's positive. Again, we're knocking down Tubal Kain. We're making him into something evil. It's possible that there was something positive over here. His inventions would have changed the world for the better. If they, if, when it came to plowing. Before him, if you didn't have metal plows, how in the world are you going to work the ground? You're going to use your hands and start digging in the ground? 
it sounds like he created tools that allowed the world to become better. And although the, some say from a Medrash Avkir that Noah was the one that did that, he's the one that created the plowshare. He, nonetheless, he created the tool before the plowshare. Whatever it was, something that made it easier for them to be able to change the ground. He changed the world for the better. What? A shovel, or a shovel. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Dave. So, what is what is the time frame here? How many people are in the world? We don't know. We don't know. I have zero. I have as much information as you have. I have as much information. Just a little bit more because I know a lot of Midrashim. But like, yeah, there's no, there's no actual answer to this. Again, if you go with the answer originally, the Barbanel says he was the first person to have two wives. That means that every person up until that point had one wife, which means you'd assume that they had limited amounts of children. If you have limited amounts of children, then you're dealing with a hundred people to two hundred people. Five hundred people. Why would they say, wait, who says that? Was that? I thought they were in, in Mitzrayim. I thought there was a whole kind of. We're not in Mitzrayim. No, I'm saying in the Torah we have this concept that it's possible they could have had six. But, I mean, you might as well say that they had hundreds of wives. You know, that, like it doesn't make it. I, I don't know. I have no more information than what's given. All we know is whatever was left was destroyed by the Mabul, except for the eight. That's it. Like, however many people were there, was every person living to a hundred? I don't know. Cain's generations may have all lived up until the age of one hundred and thirty, when other men turned one hundred and thirty. Sounds like he had seven generations really, really quick. I, I don't know. I have no more information than that, which is weird. But that's what we have. Isn't that like a pertinent issue? Like issue in this? Like, how? Who's your marketplace? Who's at war with one another? I don't know. It could be John versus Jack. That's all it needs. That's all you need for a war. You just need one versus one. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. I mean, come on, West Rogers Park. <laughs> you just need one guy. That's all you need. Yeah. What's up? I was just going to say that Rabbi said that uh, each person was born with a twin, so you assume it's probably two people per group. Right. So maybe two. Maybe two. You're right. It's at least two. Right. A twin sister. Right. So that's two. Right. But we have no idea. We literally have no information. Is it possible that there were thousands of people? Yeah, for sure. Is it possible other Mauritian had literally hundreds of kids with Chava? Yeah, it makes sense. And Hevel, not Hevel's gone. I mean, I'm saying, did he have children before? No, for sure not. Okay, so it's all from Cain. Cain, or, or, well, Chase is around. I mean, again, according to Rashi, Chase was only born afterwards. Yes, it's only from Cain. According to everybody else, right, no, Cain, this is also going hundreds of years down the line. This is the year 700, 750, whatever it's, whatever it's going to be. We don't have anything like that. Tavidas says, you know, people ask, if people are so much smarter than us, then why didn't they invent the things that we have today? How come they don't live lives like the way we live lives? To that, Rosh turns to everybody and says, are you happier than they are? Yes, you are certainly, you make it a lot easier to travel from one place to the other, right? But is that, is that great for us? <laughs> is everybody here super duper happy? And we're just like, thank God we have cars, right? Is that, is that how we're living our lives? Like, it, it, were people happier then or are they happier now? And if people are not necessarily happier now, how do you know that was such a great thing? So, says Rav Sternbach, he points this out, he says, the Torah is telling us that these people changed the world completely. And yet, at the end of the day, right, were the people better off because of it? Not necessarily. These type of inventions do not necessarily help people. Again, it helps in the sense that it makes things easier. Is easier better? Does that make people more fulfilled? Does that make a person's life better than what it was beforehand? That's what a person has to think. In, in other words, there may have been other people who have thought of things and realized that the results of their action might be worse 
The whole world might be worse if they create such a thing. To create such a thing could have something there. Because as we all know, and we've been saying that the whole time, for every positive, there's a negative. For every yes, there's a no. And for that reason, yes, it's unbelievable that we have the internet, that we can do so many things on the internet. Obviously, there are a lot of terrible things that come with it. Obviously, there are tremendous things that we have with cars. But that does make us dependent on a lot of third world nations that are evil. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing, right? Oh, no, electricity is going to take over the world. Yeah, when we see it. <laughs> Until then, you're going to have a really cold winter in Europe. Like, I, it's it's a really strange thing to be able to say, like, are, are these people, did they do anything? That's how Sternbuck looks at, looks at it over here. Now, Moshev's, um, I'm going to skip this. There's a Moshev's, you know what, I'm going to say it really quick. There's three great Midrashim. Moshev's again, he says it was Lana who taught his three children these three trades. In fact, Ada and Sila were embarrassed that he did so because they were lowly trades. They wanted their children to become doctors and lawyers. They're like, you're teaching them this? Why would he teach them these trades? So they didn't invent them. They were just tradesmen. And that's that. Lana told them that he had killed various people before this. He killed an older person and a child that's in the next Pasuk, Pasuk of Gimel. And he was afraid that people would come to take revenge. Therefore, he put one child out in the fields to tell him if anybody was coming. He had another child who would play music to calm his nerves and a third child to make weapons so he'd be able to fight back. Isn't that amazing? That's a metrish. Another metrish. Rabbeinu Ephraim Rokiasei, Lemek was a very powerful man. Man, he went to the children of Shase and he was looking for a wife but they refused to give him any of their daughters since they knew the children of Cain were evil and they would eventually be destroyed from the mobble itself. They all knew about the mobble. They just didn't know when it was going to happen. So they said no. Ada and Sila were already married to a father and a son. Ada was married to the father and Sila was married to the son and Lemech desired both of them. The father and the son both tried fighting Lemech to get Lemech away from their wives, but both were killed by him and then he took their wives as his own. When they tried running away, he told them, no, that whoever you marry in the future, I will kill, just like I killed your 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 previous husbands. He then taught his children how to make weapons so he would fight off anyone who came to take revenge against him and he convinced them to stay with them and they reluctantly did so. What an unreal medrash, right? That's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. The Balitosos, I found this in Rokeach as well, point out that it says Shem Ha'achas by, with a hey here because he married them both at the exact same time. Unlike what it says by Chana and Elkanah by Penina, uh, by Chana and Penina by Elkanah. They were also equal to one another and both were Chashev. This Tzila and Ada itself. Now, we said before that Nama was the wife of Noah, right? And that's according to Rashi. Rashi brings it down. It's embraced Rabba Gimel, Halacha Gimel, that Nama was the wife of Noah itself. Sizakami says Rashi knows this because her name means pleasant. She doesn't sound like all the other evil people at that time. A pleasant woman for a really good guy. Noah also. What does Noah mean? Like Nacha, easygoing. Nama is pleasant. That's a good shidduch. That's like in Geffen be in Geffen. You know what I'm saying? They were both chilled out people. And that's that. Right? That's that. And that also explains why we bring her up over here because she was the only woman mentioned over here because she's Noah's wife. She survived. He brings another proof. The only woman mentioned explicitly in the Pasuk is Nama. She had three brothers. Three brothers, right? All the other three brothers were Yavl, who was a tzaddik, Yuval, who was a middle type of guy, and Tuvalkain, who was evil. Well, Nama had three kids. Shame was a tzaddik. Yefes is right in the middle. And Chum was an evil dude, right? So it makes sense. Remember how all Bunim, all children go after Ache Ha'em, brothers of the mother? 
So therefore, the brothers of the mother, one was great, one was good, one was bad. So her children, one was great, one was good, one was bad. That's how we know that Nama is truly the wife of Noah, because her children followed in her brother's footsteps. That's <laughs> unbelievable. That's Tziv Zechachamim. Then Tziv says the greatest quality that she had is she didn't go after all mostros. She was fine with whatever she had. That was a tremendous quality for a woman to have, because that means that the husband doesn't have to push himself to do things that the woman wants as extras. That's that. The Ramban quotes his marriage as well and says apparently she made a name for herself. She was a big tzedekes. She gave birth to tzedekim, right? And that's that. She didn't learn from Tuval Kain and her brother's ways and everything was really good. However, there is another Medrash. There's another Medrash that Nama was extremely beautiful and caused many people to stray after her. Even the B'nai Elohim who are the Nephilim, the fallen angels who came down to earth and were giants, etc. She was the Benosa Adam they couldn't get over, as is mentioned in Pirkei Rebilezer Perachavbeis. In fact, the Zohar Chadr says she was the wife of Shamadon and the mother of Ashmedai, king of the demons. And in, she was the mother of all other demons. And the name Nama is mentioned in all the Shimushe Shadim, which means all the different books that allow you to use Shadim properly. Nama's name is mentioned. So the Pasuk mentions her, but not because she's the wife of Noah but because she was the most evil of other people. The Rabbeinu Bakaya says there are four women who are known as the mothers of Shadim. Lily, Nama, Igeris, and Machalas. Each have camps and groups of Ruach Atuma that are without number. Each rules over a certain season. They gather by the mountains of darkness and Harnishpa. They do evil from sunset until midnight during their time. Shlomo Melch ruled over all four of them. He used them when he needed something, calling them Avadim and Shvachos in Kohelas, Zion. Esav therefore married four wives, and his Malach, the Satan, is also called married to those four women. That's the Sam, the Satan itself. Yaakov Ruveni, number 669, says that she was married to both Shamchazai and Azael, the fallen angels, and therefore she was the mother of what we'd call Ashmedai, king of the demons himself. That's a bad thing. This is a really bad thing. That's not Nama, wife of Noah, that we all know and love. Tamvidah says, this is clearly showing us the power of the Torah. There are hidden messages everywhere. We just can't see them clearly. There's clearly great secrets that this puzzle is trying to tell us, whether it's the wife of Noah, or it's the wife, the mother of all demons, there's something that Nama represented, and it's the contrast that is so huge here, because we keep doing this in this year, going from one extreme to the other extreme, was Lamech good, was Lamech bad, was Tuval Kain and Yavol and Yuval good, were they really, really bad, it's huge, and it's obvious, it just happens to be. And that goes through over here. Now, that's that. The Miamloi says, it makes a little bit more sense to say that she was Noah's wife. Because why would Noah have married a wife? Uh, to say, I'm sorry. The Miamloi says, it's better to say that she was evil and not Noah's wife. Because why would Noah have married a woman who is hundreds of years older than him? If Nama was the daughter of Lemech, then she was born in the year 100 of the common era, the 100 of whatever, their era, right? And Noah was only born in about the year 900, 950. He married a woman that was 900 years older than him? That, that's not a good shidduch. That's not, that's not what you're looking for. That seems very, very, very strange. She also would have been the oldest person to have ever lived. If the Mabel happened in 1656, remember, 1656, and she was born in the year 100, around that time, maybe 130, she lived over 1600 years. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. 
<laughs> I, 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 we don't see somewhere. We see 969 is the oldest by far, right? But this is just nuts. Like, she would have been the oldest by far when it comes to that. On the other hand, says the Verbasada, why would Hashem make a miracle happen and allow Tzila to give birth even though she had that potion that should have made her go barren if her daughter was super evil and her son was super evil? Why would Hashem make a miracle to have terrible children in this world? That seems a little bit weird. That sounds like it's Nama, Noach's wife right over here. Now, the Abarbanel says, maybe she was Noach's wife and he did bring her onto the table, but she wasn't the mother of his children. <laughs> Hear this? Noach had another wife that he married who gave birth to Shem, Cham, and Yafes, and then he married Nama when she died and Nama's the one who went onto the table. That's an unbelievable Abarbanel and it comes from nowhere. I don't know where the Abarbanel got that from. It's a random thing to say, right, and out there, but she married him before, and that's that. Sefer Yovlam says that Noach's wife was named Amatra Bas Rikiel, the daughter of the sister of his father. Maybe that was his first wife, and then Nama was after her later on. There's a Torah Shleiman number 141 and number 142 that talks about this over here. Now, again, Targum Yonason says another reason why she was called Nama. She made Kinan and Zimran, lamentations and songs, which goes perfect, by the way, with Yuval making music, right? She was the singer to Yuval's guitar, right? So while Yuval was playing the guitar, right, she was the one singing to it. It's unbelievable. Barbanel says she had a sweet and pleasant voice. That was Nama. She created songs that went with Yuval's instruments. Now, as a side note, you should know that Rechaim Kanievsky was not happy with people using Nama as a name. There were times where Rav Chaim Knievsky didn't just said, like, it's not in Hilchus Gittin in Rishima Sashemos by all the names that are mentioned over there. Nama is not mentioned, which means nobody ever used it before. Nobody ever used it before. So he wasn't happy about it. However, he did say it's a kosher name and he never told, that, that I know, he never told people to change the name if they had the name Nama. Even though she's queen of the demons, there is a Nama Ho'amonis a Gioris who married Shlomo Melech, who's the mother of Rechavam, who is a positive person. So maybe that's a good thing over here. But here's another interesting one. Noach's father was Lemech. Nama's father was Lemech. In Tzavos Rabbi Yudah Chassid, the will of Rabbi Yudah Chassid, he brings down in Sif Chaf Dalid that a Chassid shouldn't have the same name as his father-in-law, and a Kala shouldn't have the same name as her mother-in-law. In Sif Chaf Ches, he says... Two people whose fathers are the same name should not marry each other. So if my father's name is Yosef Yehuda, I wouldn't be able to marry someone whose father's name is Yosef Yehuda. If it's just Yosef or just Yehuda, it would be okay. But the same exact name says Rabbi Yudachasid, one should not do so. That's that. Now, there are a few examples against this in Shas. In Sota Yudam Abez, Menachos Tav Chavkim Abez, Yushalmi in the beginning of the last parak, but the Chazani says there's no question here. The Rav Yudah Chassid saw with his Ruach HaKodesh that from his time on, this Zivug would not be successful. And therefore, a person should not marry someone whose father's name is the same as his father's name. I'm going to end with this story. One time a young man wished to marry his niece, which is against the Tzavah. He wanted to marry his niece. So he asked Reb Bengis, who was one of the big Gedolim Yerushalayim around the times of the Chazanish. Reb Bengis said, other Gedolim Yerushalayim, they said, we couldn't forbid it. They can't answer it. You're allowed to marry your niece. It's disgusting, but you're allowed to marry your niece. So he did, right? The Gemara Yavama Samuel base says it's even a mitzvah to do so. He did so, and he lost two of his kids. One kid fell into a pit, and the other kid fell off a rooftop. He went to the Chazanish, and he started crying. He was like, but I got a heter. I got a heter. And the Chazanish said, no one ever said it's usher, 
No one ever said it's also. Rabbi Yudah said that if you do so, it's not going to be a good shidduch. That means chas v'shom, something could happen to the marriage, or something chas v'shom could happen to the kids. It doesn't mean it's usher, but you shouldn't do it. And therefore, a person should be careful. Again, lemech and lemech, nama and noach. On the one hand, we see they survived. On the other hand, they did have a chum. So is that a positive thing? Maybe that's because they shared the same father. Although Rechaim says that before the, before the Torah, it's possible none of this applied. Even before Rabbi Yudachasid, maybe none of this applied. It's an interesting thing to think about. It's something to know about because everybody knows one and not from the other. right? I, and I don't want anybody using this as a psaq. I don't know what Rechaim Kanyavsky would actually say if you went up to him and you'd ask him, you know, can I marry somebody whose father's name is the same as my father? Or if my name is the same as his father-in-law? Or my name is... What, I, I don't want to say anything. But you know, Whose mother-in-law? <laughs> that would be a really good one. All right, Sky guys, we'll stop with that. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.